Oh, that's, that's it. Let's lift him up. Hallelujah, Jesus. You're worthy, God. You're mighty, Jesus. I love you, Lord. I wonder if somebody just slip your hands into heaven right now. Give him the best praise that you've given him all morning. Come on. Come on. It's Sunday morning. It's Sunday morning. Come on. You've got to bring your best to God today. Don't you dare give God the last dregs and then go to work tomorrow and give everything. Don't you dare barely come dragging in and then go to work tomorrow and give everything. You better give everything to God today. Come on. Is he your high and mighty God? Is he God over your life? Is he God over your household? Is he God over your family? Give him everything right now. Come on, somebody needs to lift your voice loud and praise him. You need to give everything to God right now. Somebody needs to tell him hallelujah. Somebody needs to tell him thank you, Jesus. Come on, you need to thank him for what he did for you this week. You need to praise him for what he's done for you today. Hallelujah. Come on, I feel the liberty of the Holy Ghost. God is sweeping into this building right now in the name of Jesus. God, you take control. You take control of my mind. You can take control of my thoughts. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. Come on. I know we're pressing right here at the beginning, but God wants to do something special. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, God is so good to us. Hallelujah, I wish somebody would testify this morning and say, God is so good to us. Amen. Think back over your life. You won't have to go very far before you realize God brought me through. You may just have to go a day or two and realize God brought me through. You may go back through your mind. It may be just a month or two and you realize if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side, the Bible said I would have already been consumed. I would have been consumed. There would have been nothing left of me. That's why when I come to church on Sunday, I don't bring God the last dregs of my week. Amen. Sunday is my tithing unto the Lord. It's my first fruits. I bring to him my best. My boss can have the rest, but God's going to get my best. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. Come on. Somebody bringing your best today. Your best worship. Your best praise, your best adoration. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Come on, that's it. Somebody's tapping in right now. You didn't come to bring the last dregs, you came to bring the best. Hallelujah. Somebody give them your best. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel good today. Man, I feel like there's deliverance in the house. Amen. I was praying here just a few minutes ago. I, I love to pray at this church. I love the spirit of God that I feel in prayer. The freedom of the Holy Ghost that I feel in prayer. You know, I can feel prayers of saints of God and men and women of God that have been built up for a long time. You know that there are memorials of prayer. Amen. There are memorials. I believe that there are memorial walls in heaven that are built upon the prayers of people. I don't have time to preach it today, but I wonder how big your wall is. Is it a little tiny knee wall? Is it just a little few bricks? Or are you building like Cornelius a memorial before God that every time God looks at your memorial, he realizes, I got a lot of prayers to answer. Hallelujah. And that's why I love to pray in this church. I feel the prayers. And, and as I was praying, I really felt this morning that God is coming to bring help today. God is coming to bring help to somebody's life today. Amen. Somebody's in dire need, in dire straits. But I believe God's going to help you before this service is over today. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. I believe that with all of my heart. Amen. And I'm going to open the Bible today to Psalm chapter 42. I'm going to read verse number 8. While you're turning there, again, I want to say thank you to Brother and Sister Carriker. What a wonderful time that we have had. I'm thankful to God. I'm thankful to God that Brother Carriker is here in Hutchinson, Kansas. Amen. I... You ought to be thankful to God for that too. Amen. I am. Amen. You know, there's a lot of things that could have happened throughout the years. Amen. But God, God knew what he was doing. And he put a man here that loves the truth, loves righteousness, loves holiness. Amen. But beyond, uh, just to add to all of that. Amen. To add to all of that. He's a revivalist. He's got a vision. Amen. We're not, he said, he said yesterday while we were driving around, he said, he said, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not gonna stay in one place forever. Man, but that's why he's got a vision to build a church building. I'm thankful for that. Listen, church, you don't want to be stuck somewhere where there's no vision. The Bible says where there's no vision, the people perish. You perish when there's no vision. But thank God for visionaries that say we're going on in revival. We're going on in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Are you thankful for your pastor today? Amen. And I want to say thank you for the room, the hospitality, the fun, the fellowship. Amen. And I want to say thank you as, as the pastor of CGC Greeley. I want to say thank you for doing um, junior camp, Royal Kids Junior Camp. And I mean that from the very bottom of my heart. Amen. This is something that is very needed in our day. The world is inundating our children with filth and garbage and perversion. But thank God for a church that said, we're not going to stand by, but we're going to get these children in an environment where the Holy Ghost can move. Amen. Are you thankful for that church? Amen. 
I know that there are many others that are thankful for it as well. And uh, I don't want to belabor the point, amen, but I do want you to know that I'm thankful for everything. God has been so good, and you have been so good this week, and we appreciate it. Psalm chapter 42, I'll read one verse of scripture, and then we'll talk about it for a little bit here. Uh, It says in verse number 8, Yet the Lord will command His loving kindness in the daytime. Amen. We all love the daytime, don't we? The good times in life we love. We love when everything is joyful. We love when everything is, is going well. When the boss gives us a raise. We love when God's blessings are, are, are shown in, in uh, all that He does. Amen. Yeah, the Bible says the blessing of the Lord will overtake thee. Amen. But there are seasons in life. How many know there's seasons in life? Amen. We go to the book of Ecclesiastes. And he talks about all of the seasons of life. And, and a lot of times when we go through seasons in life, we like to blame it either on God or the devil. One or the other. <laughs> you know, uh, you know that's, a lot of times that's why uh, many churches don't have testimony service. Because it was more about testimony about the, what the devil's done than what God's done. You know. The devil been after me all week. Nobody cares what the devil done. How good has God been? (laughs) But uh, when that was being, with with that being said, sometimes I crack myself up, folks. (laughs) With that being said, there's seasons of life. It's not the devil. It's not God. It's just the seasons of life. And he said that he commands his loving kindness in the daytime. But then there's also nighttime seasons. And he said, and in the nighttime, his song shall be with me. And my prayer unto the God of my life. Even in the nighttime, even in the dark times of our life. When everything's not going our way. Amen. When the boss hadn't given us a raise. Or maybe the boss has come down on us. And everything's in turmoil in our lives. Can I tell you today that the Bible says that he gives us songs in the night to be with us. Are you thankful for that this morning? Amen. I really feel the help of God in here today. I feel God's going to strengthen somebody today. And so with that being said today, I want to preach on this thought. It takes tension. To dance. It takes tension to dance. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you, Jesus. We thank you, God, for your love and your mercy. We thank you for your grace and your kindness, your spirit, oh God, that is upon us. God, I pray today that the spirit of God would come into this house, that you would begin to rest upon your people, that the anointing of the Holy Ghost would break the chains of bondage. That you would destroy the yokes of sin. God, would you bring strength to your people? Would you bring comfort to your people today? God, we love you, Jesus. We bless your name. We magnify you, Lord. We honor you, Jesus. You are a great and mighty God. We praise you. We love you. We honor you. Can you praise him one more time? Clap your hands, all you people. And shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus.
Amen. You may be seated tonight. Or this morning, rather. We're not to tonight yet. But anyway. Amen. The There's one thing that as I'm not old, don't put that on me yet. Amen. I'm still a young person. That's why I, I come to junior camp. Amen. Because I'm still a young person. Uh, but with that being said, um, one thing that I love the older that I get is I'm steadily growing fonder and fonder of the Word of God. Amen. I didn't realize how young, when I was younger, I didn't realize how powerful the Word of God is. Amen. The Bible says that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my Word shall never pass away. Amen. When all of this is said and done, the Word of God is going to remain. The Bible said in Hebrews chapter 11 that through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. And that's made an impact on my life. I've preached a lot about it, talked a lot about it. But that's made an impact on my life because the framework of the entire world is the Word of God. That's what everything hangs upon. And as I grow older... And I begin to read the Word of God and try to learn how to understand the Word of God more. It's just amazing to me how there is so much strength and sustenance. And there is so much meat that comes from the Word of God. Amen. If you're going through something in your life, if you're struggling, if you are dealing with situations in your life, let me just encourage you again. To open up the word of God and begin to read the word of God. Amen. Amen. The book Job, Job said, I, I desire God more than my necessary food. Amen. The word of God is more meaningful than the buffet after church today. Amen. I know sometimes we're hurrying to get to the buffet but I wonder if we'd come in and be seated at the table of God today and, and let God pour into us and let the Word of God bring strength to our lives and, and let the Word of God bring healing. The Bible said He sent His Word and He healed them. If you need healing today while the preaching of the Word of God is going forth, God can heal your back. He can heal your side. He can heal your cancer. He can heal. Come on, somebody. I believe that today. I know a lot of the stuff that I'm saying has become cliche, but we need to take it out of the cliche file and put it in the truth file and realize that the Word of God is going to stand the test of time. Hallelujah. It's been through the fire and the fire couldn't burn it. It's been through the flood and the flood couldn't turn it. It's the Word of God that stands forever. Oh, hallelujah. I wish somebody in this house would realize. I wish a young person would fall in love with the Word of God. Amen. Get you a big old Bible. Don't get you a little tiny Bible. Get you a big Bible. Amen. One that when you go into Starbucks, people realize that's a child of God. That's a child of the King. Come on. A big Bible. I'm a one God Jesus thing, tongue-talking apostolic. I believe this book cover to cover. There's not one word that I don't believe in this Bible. 
Amen. And, and so when I read the words of God and I, and I study them and, and get to understand the context of the scripture and, and what God was saying. And, 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 and I know a lot of times uh, we can go to conferences and we expect the hype and, and, and give us a good sermon to sermonize. But sometimes when I read the context of the scripture and I understand the original meaning and what God was saying in that moment in time, it's amazing to me how what God was saying right there actually applies to what I'm going through. Sometimes I don't need a fancy slogan. I just need a word from God. Hallelujah. Sometimes I don't need an Instagram post. I just need a word from God. Amen. Sometimes, hey, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to discount the preaching of the word of God over this pulpit. Amen. Because there's power in the preaching of the word of God. We know that and we understand that. I'll come and preach on that some other time. But then there's sometimes when I just need to crack open my Bible in personal devotion and I need a word of God for that day, for that moment, for that time. Oh, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. We don't want to be entitlement Christians that we come to church and expect everything to just come from the pulpit. I'm thank God for the pulpit. The pulpit has saved me. The pulpit delivered me. Amen. When the preaching of the word God came forth over the pulpit, I was delivered. But there's sometimes we need personal devotion with God where he begins to speak to us. Amen. And God begins to talk to us. Oh, for the days of the old timers when they had Bibles that were full of notes and they had, and the old timers would come down and they would talk to a young man and say, you've been going through something, but I was reading the Bible today and God spoke to me. Oh, hallelujah. I thank God for those kind of words. I thank God for men and women of God that looked at me as a young man and said, you get your act together. You're going to make it. You're going to be right if you'll stay in the book. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I know I haven't got to my message yet, but I just feel the Holy Ghost because... That's what God is bringing today. He's bringing strength out of the word of God for you. I believe every word in this book. Yeah. Hallelujah. There's a, there's a theological circle, amen, that, that wants to talk about how the word of God, the Bible that we love, they will say it like this, that, that it contains the word of God, but they don't believe that every word is the inspired word of God. I want to tell you that's a bunch of gobbledygook. That's a bunch of hogwash. Let me give you a big theological word. That's a bunch of baloney. Amen. Every word is breathed by God. It's inspired by God. Holy men of old wrote as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. They didn't know what was coming in the 21st century, but God moved on them, and they began to write, and still to this day, I can read the word of God and say, thank God, I'm going to make it. Thank God, I'm going to be saved. I may have trials. I may have tribulation, but I'm still going to make it. Oh, some of you, why are you so excited, preacher? Because the word of God will keep you. 
The word of God will sustain you. The word of God will bring you through the trial. It'll bring you through the test. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel it right now. I feel the strength of God going into somebody right now. You've been asking for answers, and God's showing you the answer right now. God said, go back to the handbook. Go back to the handbook, and God will show you what you need to know. He'll take you where you need to go by the word. (laughs) By the word. Hallelujah. And so we see... In our scripture today, that David is writing about situations in his life, problems, turmoil in his life. This is, most would agree that this is written about the time in which David is running from Saul. He is running for his life. David did nothing wrong other than be anointed of God. David was simply obeying the word of God in his life. He didn't ask Samuel to to pop that horn of oil. He didn't ask Samuel to pour it all over him. He didn't ask for it all. And oh, in that moment, in that time... When that oil was running down, can you imagine the dreams and the visions in David's heart? God wants to use me. I'm going to be used of God. It's going to be so great. It's going to be so grandeur. Oh, I'm preaching it to people in this house. When the anointing first comes to your life, it's so amazing to think about. The vision comes and how great it's going to be and how much God is going to use me and how many places I'm going to go in the plan of God. But David didn't see his future father-in-law throwing spears at him. He didn't see a bitter old man cursing him and reviling him and, and stripping away his wife and giving her to another man. He didn't see that coming. He didn't see everything in his household being taken away. He didn't see all of the trials and the tribulations. And so as he begins to write, there is something that we realize that he is running from Saul and and he is in a place of loneliness. Surrounded by men of war. He hasn't seen his wife in ages. He's surrounded by these men and and he's hiding in caves and he's hiding in in, in out-of-the-way places trying to get away from Saul. And he is lonely, but he's not just lonely for his wife. He's also lonely for family. He's lonely for friends. But I want to tell you something when you read this chapter uh, you realize uh, that David is lonely uh, for the communal aspect uh, of coming into the house of God uh, of coming into a place of worship uh, of coming into 
being amongst the people of God. He said, as the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul for thee. Oh, I wish I could just go to one more church service. I wish I could go and feel the presence of God. Oh, I know sometimes uh, we come to church uh, and we sit on a pew and we may be just a few feet from the person to the right or the left of us. Uh, but sometimes in those moments, uh, we are still lonely. Uh, God takes us through moments uh, of loneliness, uh, moments of disconnectedness, uh, moments when it feels like uh, I'm the only one that's going through this trial. Uh, I'm the only one that's facing this turmoil. Uh, I'm the only one that's ever had to go through this. Anybody know what I'm preaching about this morning? Uh, you could sit among a hundred people and still be lonely that's what David's experiencing he is longing to lift his hands in the sanctuary he said as the as the heart panteth after the water brook so panteth my soul after thee he said my soul searcheth it thirsteth for thee it's thirsty God I, I've got to have you for the living God when I shall come and appear before God. You hear his heart crying out. I wish I could go into the temple. How, how many days had it been since he had seen the morning and the evening sacrifice? How many days since he had walked into the temple at Shiloh? How many days since he had felt the beauty of the presence of God? And I want to tell you, even still to this day, even though we understand they, they, they miss the Messiah and they don't really have a true revelation of who God is. Amen. I want to tell you there's something beautiful about that worship in the temple still to this day. When you go to that welling wall and they're weeping and they are crying and they're calling unto Jehovah. You know the Bible says that God, that they will always be the children of God. That's what the Bible says. I know the world has cast them aside. But I want to tell you, there's coming a day when God is going to return unto his people. And he still hears every cry at the wailing wall. When they, when they put on that little, what is that, the, the Yakima, right? And their prayer shawl and they're wailing and they're crying out to God. God is hearing their prayers. God is hearing every word that they say. And that's what David is longing for. He said, I want to see it. I want to be with my brothers and sisters. I want to hold my wife's hand and worship God. I'm preaching to somebody this morning. There's sometimes you got to go through the nighttime. You got to go through the dark times. The trials of life. When it feels no Nobody can understand what I'm going through. But I'm here to preach to you right now. God knows what you're going through. God hears every cry that you cry out to him. He hears every prayer. Hallelujah. Oh, my tears have been my meat day and night. While they continue, continually say unto me, where is thy God? The sustenance of his life 
is in the tears. He can only find comfort in the tears. He can only find comfort in the weeping. When you begin to weep before God and you begin to cry and those tears are flowing down your face. Oh, there is a sustenance to it. I want to encourage somebody. You may only feel like you're reaching God through tears, but just keep on praying. Keep on praying. Keep on believing because God's going to answer. Everybody around you may be saying, where's your God now? Everybody around you may be saying, oh, so you believe in God and this is what has got you? This is where you've gone? I come to preach to you today. Your God is still alive. Your God is still well. And if you'll keep praying, the nighttime won't last forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we jump down to verse number five. He said, why art thou cast down my soul? And why art thou disquieted? Hope thou in God. I shall yet praise him for the countenance. Uh, or I'm sorry, for the help of his countenance. Uh, what is he saying in this verse? Uh, he is actually, he is actually uh, reprimanding his soul. He is, he is giving himself a little bit of a spanking. He's saying, look, I know you're going through a hard time, but I want you to recognize something so it's not always going to be like this. Why are you downtrodden? Why do you look down? Why is your countenance fallen? Why are thou cast down? Why art thou disquieted in me? Hallelujah. Why is all of this bringing me down I know I've seen it too many times before God has brought me out I've seen too many days before that God has made a way he said I know I may be down I may be out and it feels like there's no other way out but I'm still going to praise God I shall praise him for the help of his countenance I come to preach to somebody right now. You may be in the worst trial of your life. You may be facing things that you don't understand. Children walking away from God. Heartbreak, turmoil, and pain. But can I tell you, sometimes you got to look at your soul and say, I will praise God. I shall praise Him because I know He's going to help me. I know He's going to bring me out. I know He's going to make a way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I wish I could, I really wish I could preach the whole chapter because many believe that 42 and, and 43 are actually one psalm. They're not two separate psalms. They're actually one psalm. And the reason why they believe that is because there is a title for 42, but there's no title for 43. And so whenever they, uh, the, the canonization of canonization of scripture was was brought into play and they added chapters and verses they believed that they might have have broken out 43 when really it was part of 42 and when you get to 43 if I could preach 
uh, I'll, I'll probably get to it in just a minute, uh, to 43. He talks about the deliverance uh, from the unjust man. Who is the unjust man? The unjust man is Saul, the man that was attacking him, the adversary. If I could say it like this, it's like the adversary uh, when Jesus said, I would that men ought always to pray and not to faint. And he gave the, the parable of that little lady who came because of the adversary. That's what he's talking about. When he began to praise God, when he began to hope in the Lord, the Bible said that God delivered him from the unjust man. Was he still in the same trial? Of course he was. Was he still in the same turmoil? Of course he was. But the unjust man had no power over him anymore. Oh, I'm about to preach somebody right now because when you get a revelation of praise you are lifted up above the circumstance you are lifted up above the problem you are lifted up above the turmoil you are lifted up above the trial you may still be living in it you may still not be able to pay the bills but paying the bills isn't going to keep you from loving God not being able to take care of the monthly rent is not going to keep you from praising God you are delivered from the adversary I'm praying God delivers somebody from the adversary this morning I'm praying somebody be delivered from the adversary I may be in a trial but I'm still gonna praise God I may be in the turmoil but I'm still gonna praise God you gotta be delivered this morning you got to be delivered this morning. I'm going to say it again. You've got to be delivered. A lot of delivering is your mindset. Quit talking bad about everything in your life. Quit being down about it all the time. You got to lift up your countenance and say, God's going to bring me out. God's going to make a way. God's going to open the door. Go ahead, sister. Run the aisles. I wish somebody would run with her. Some of you are too quiet this morning. You came to get pretty church, but God came to deliver somebody. Somebody needs to break through in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so... The psalmist begins to write a song. Why is he writing a song? Can I tell you today that songs, songs are like sermons that you can preach over and over to yourself. Songs are sermons. Oh yeah. You know, I'm preaching this sermon today. But if I come back and preach it next time, somebody would be like, hmm, hmm. Does he know how to preach anything else? <laughs> right? But if I sang a song this morning, if I sang every praise, we love that song. We would dance, we would shout, we would get together. And then if I come back next time and I sing every praise, somebody would dance and shout and worship God. Isn't that amazing how songs work? There's sermons that you can preach to yourself every day. And, 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 and they are testimonies of God's greatness. Why, why do you think I love the song, The Lord is my shepherd. He walks before me. 
defender behind me. I won't fear. Oh yeah, Psalm 23. But they, they revamped it, you know. Hallelujah. I am not alone. If you know it, sing it. He's my comfort. Always holds me close. You're preaching a sermon this morning. You're preaching this morning. I believe God gives us songs in the middle of our nighttime. Oh, you may not even sing. You know, when we had the talent show the other night, my little girl said, I want to sing my God. Well, I thought I knew what she was talking about. I thought I knew the song that she wanted. No, she got up there and she sang about her God. I never heard that before in my life. We asked her afterward, we said, Sissy, did you write that song? She said, yeah, I wrote that song. I'm telling you, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, hast thou perfected praise. We were having fun at a talent show, but all of heaven stopped for a moment. And God said, that little girl's calling her, calling me her God. What do you think God did in that moment? She could ask for anything in that moment, and God would have done it. Do you think you're any different? Do you think you're any different this morning uh, when God gives you a song uh, in the daytime, mama, when you're washing the dishes uh, and God gives you a song and you begin to sing, I love Jesus. He's my shelter. When the storms are raging, he's my shelter. Where he leads me, I will follow. I love Jesus. He loves me. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, all of heaven stops and begins to listen to you. In the nighttime, when you're going through the trial and you begin to sing, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He restores. God's going to stop for a moment. I've come to preach today. Whatever you do, don't lose your song. Whatever you do, don't lose that testimony. Don't lose the joy that God has put in your heart. You preach that message. You preach it every day of your life. I wish somebody would preach with me right now. Remember the trial that he brought you through and begin to sing about it. Remember the turmoil he brought you through and begin to sing about it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, we, what, what is this? song that he is singing well we have to look at the fact that this chapter chapter 42 is the beginning of what they would call the second book of the psalms there are many believe that there are five books in the psalms there are five sections in the psalms and they are written in a way to mirror to mirror the first five books of the Torah or the Old Testament that we know it as today. 
And so there's the book of Genesis or the book of beginnings. And then there's the book of Exodus when God brings his people out. And when we look at this, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. When we look at this, we look at the fact that this is talking about God going before them. That God is leading them through. So he is mirroring what God did for them in the the wilderness. He is mirroring the, the Red Sea experience. He is mirroring when they were thirsty in the wilderness and Moses struck the rock and they began to drink. He is mirroring in this second book of the Psalms. It's from chapter 42 to chapter 72. So when you read these songs, I come to help somebody today. When you read these songs, you read them in a way that God is going before me, that God is making a way, that God is opening the door for me, that everything that I'm going through in my life, I may feel alone, I may feel in turmoil, but I know that God is still going before me. He's like the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud. He may be out there somewhere and I can't really touch him, but he's still there. He's still walking before me. He's still making a way. I come to preach to somebody. You may feel lonely. You may feel in turmoil. You may feel in pain. But God's still leading you. God's still opening the door. God's still going before you. Don't you give up. Don't you quit. Don't you get discouraged. Just sing your song. Hallelujah. Sing your song. If there's any picture of this that we see in the Bible, it is the picture of Job. The picture of Job. Job is going through a trial and God has not told him anything about it. (laughs) And there is so much tension in the life of Job. There's so much confusion. There's so much turmoil. That Job's wife comes to him. And she's doing the work of the devil. Now, I don't, I don't blame her. Because how many of us would have just went through this and not said anything? I know we can get on our high horse and say, well, Job's wife, she was a devil. And, you know, we can, we can get on our high horse and talk about, you know, how bad it was. But then when we can't pay the rent next month, we're going to start talking about, well, God did this and God did that and God, God, God. And if I, if I, if I, I've been faithful to God and I still can't pay my rent. Job lost everything. And this lady lost her children. And, and we, we better be careful by getting on the high horse. Instead, I think we need to look at her And realize what's going on. And she's doing the work of the devil not even realizing it. Because she said just curse God and die. Remember what the devil said? I'll have him curse you to your face. Well he went over to this lady who's going through depression. Heartache. Lost all of her children in one day. It started getting in her ear. Tell Job to curse God and die. Tell Job to curse God and die. And she goes up to Job and she said curse God and die. He said, woman, I'm not going to do that. Not going to happen. But I want you to ask yourself, how much tension were they in? How much pressure were they in? When they came home 
and went to bed. You talk about silence, cold silence. There wasn't one word between them. I'm telling you right now, I feel such a tension in the Holy Ghost right now because of people that are going through the struggle. But you've got to understand that there is purpose for the tension of God in your life. There is purpose. And the Bible said that when Elihu went and began to talk to him in chapter 35, I believe it was Elihu. I can be stand to be corrected. But anyway, in chapter 35, he began to talk about that the reason why a lot of people can't make it through the trial is because they are too prideful. And he said when they will humble themselves. Chapter 35 and verse number 10. When they will humble themselves, then God will bring to them songs in the night. What is the, what is the key to you making it through to the end? The key, my brother, and the key, my sister, is to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and He will exalt you in due season. When the season is right, you're going to be lifted up above everything that you're going through but while you're going through it he's going to give you a song in the night he's going to give you a song to sing where is God my maker who giveth songs in the night when you humble yourself you're going to realize here's God and he's going to give me a song he's going to give me a song that I might sing but he's going to give me a song that I might dance and shout and worship him. Oh yeah. Uh, you see there's something there's something in the music theory world when you hear a song, brother Ethan come help me. Play that piano. And and play and just play in C for now. Give me a C chord. When you're playing a song, you always come back to what is known as the one. The one. It's a one in rhythm and it's a one in tone. Play me the one chord in C. And just play it a triad right now. We'll get to all the fancy stuff. Oh, so there's the one chord, right? You hear that? It's, it's peaceful, right? They call it the, the peaceful one. There is a peace to it. There is a comfort to it. Play it again. And, and when, you, when you hear that song played, a lot of times you'll come back to this. And, and that's why songs end on the one. Because if it didn't end on the one, if they didn't resolve it to the one, it would reoccur in your head. Because there's a continuation in your head. You will always hear the da na 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 Na. But say if I did it like this, but play one, three, five. One, three, five. Just play a one, three, five triad. One, three, five. So it'd be, but. So I'm playing this. Give me the C. Uh, uh, there's the five right there. Uh, but if I just stop right there, some of you would be like, 
goodness, what is he doing? People do that. You ever seen those videos on, on the internet where they, they do that on purpose, right? He, yeah, these, these sorts of trooper boys know what I'm talking about. They do that on purpose because it catches you and it makes you want to click the like and it makes you want to go to their page. So if I stop at the five, some of you are still going to the one right now in your head. Because I never went back to, no, 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 no. I never went back to that one, right? And so when in, 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 in theory, that one is the moment of peace. But the moment that you step out of the one, there is tension. They call it tonal tension. There's tonal tension in, in, in harmony. And so you'll have somebody singing one note and somebody singing the third up from that. But maybe they're a little sharp or they're a little flat. And you feel that tension because they're not in conjunction with those other people singing. So people that aren't even musicians, they'll sit there and go. So play me a C chord. So if I'm flat. Uh, just keep playing the C. Uh, some of you right now are like, Lord Jesus, let him get back to the preaching. Let him get back to the preaching. Why? Because you can feel the tonal tension of the song. And when God gives us songs, so many of us want to live on the one chord. We want to live in the peace. We want to live in the comfort. We want to live in the prosperity. But a song can't be born on the one. You can't write a whole song on the one chord. If I'm just playing, just keep playing C. Just keep going. Just keep hitting. As, as, as annoying as you can right now. If I keep playing that, some of you are going to get up and walk out of here. That's good. You're going to get up and walk out. Because there's no beauty in that. It's a beautiful chord, but if you stay there, then you're never going to become anything. The song will never become beautiful. There will never be a chorus. There will never be a verse. There will never be a bridge. Nothing is going to come out of that. And somewhere in our lives, we've got to realize that God has tonal tension in our lives. We've got to be on the right key. We've got to be in the right rhythm. And it's going to have to go to the next right chord. God, I want to live on the one. I want to live in, in, in beauty. I want to live in this good job. And God's saying, you need to step out of your comfort zone. You need to become a Bible study teacher. You need to become a Sunday school teacher. You need to get involved in the bus. But you don't want to step out of that one because you know the moment that you begin to do something for God, all hell is going to break loose in your life because you can feel the tension of that song 
wanting to come back to the one. But I come to preach to somebody right now. The only way a song is going to be beautiful in your life. You got to step out of the one. You got to go to the three. You got to step down to the five and come back to the one. There's got to be a cycle in your life. Yes, I'm going through hard times. Yes, I'm going through turmoil. But I'm just seeing the song that God gave me. And some songs that we sing, I'm getting somewhere today, don't worry. Some songs that we sing are minors. Play a minor chord. You hear that minor? Some have called that like a, a sad chord. Because you can hear the mourn, the mourning in it. A lot of times when you hear like really deep worshipful songs, they're played on the minor. Why is that? Because it evokes, it invokes an emotional response in you. So, Lord, make me a house. Make me a house of prayer. Right there, it's on the minor, right? Lord, make me a house. Make me a house of prayer. It's minor. Why is it minor? Because it's taking us into that mode. And sometimes we go through minor seasons in our life. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I'm going to be done a lot quicker than you think. There's minor seasons in our life. Seasons of sadness and sorrow. We don't want to stay in the seasons of sadness and sorrow. We don't want to stay in the seasons of, of hurt and of pain. But with every chord that Brother Ethan is moving through, there's a dance that's taking place. And it's a dance of beauty. And with every chord that you are moving into right now in your life, God is making a beautiful dance, a testimony of His greatness. But if you stay on the one forever, you're going to be a life you're going to be a life that's so boring. Somebody said, no, no, listen. Kids think that when you, the only way you can get a testimony is by leaving the church. That's a lie. We know that. Because I'm going to tell you right now, you live for God for about five years hardcore, you're going to have a testimony. <laughs> you're going to have a testimony of the devil coming after you and all of a sudden, you move into a chord that takes you off balance. Whew. I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't expecting this trial. I wasn't expecting this turmoil. I wasn't expecting this pain. But can I tell you, with every movement of the chord, God is making a beautiful testimony of his greatness. That's why David could stand and say it like this. Oh, I know that I'm going through trials. I know I'm cast down, oh my soul, but I shall praise thee because David knew that yet in the midst of that, the psalmist could recognize that adversity plays a role in the individual spiritual formation 
nation. God was forming a testimony in everything that he was taking David through. David would never become a man after God's own heart if it wasn't for a Saul. He couldn't become a man after God's own heart if it wasn't for a, a trial in his life. Come on, let's stand right now. Oh, Brother Jeffrey, uh, you don't understand what I'm going through. My trial is the worst that there's ever been. <laughs> oh, I know we've all gone through some bad things, but I would tell you, none of us have a candle to hold to Job. <laughs> Job. He was more perfect and upright than any person. The Bible said that God said he was more perfect and upright than anyone else. Somebody said, I don't know why I'm going through this trial. I've been living right for God. Trials don't mean you're living wrong. <laughs> and I'm not going to try to tell you what your trial means, okay? But it doesn't mean that you're living wrong. Job, can you live for me even when you don't know what's going on? Can you stand for truth even when you don't understand what's happening? David, can you still play your harp in the cave of Adullam? Can you still lift your hands when they come and burn everything and they take your wives and they take all your possessions? Can you still encourage yourself in the Lord? Oh, Brother Jeffrey, I'm in a, a minor moment. I'm in a season of pain and suffering. Can I tell you, God's making something beautiful today. God's forming a song of his deliverance. God's making something that's going to be so special. People will look back in years and say, you remember when brother so-and-so went through that trial? Oh, I remember. I remember. I remember when he almost didn't make it to church. I remember when he almost backslid. Oh, but thank God he's still standing here. Amen. And everybody's going to sing the song. But right now you're living the song. Somewhere you got to have the vision huh, that God's writing a song right now that people are going to sing in the future. Huh, that people are going to sing the praises of God through my trial. I wish somebody right now, I know you're in the trial, I know you're in tribulation, but I wonder if you'd step out from where you're standing right now and make your way to an altar and say, God, I may not understand the chord progression. I may not understand the rhythmic pattern. But I know you're writing a beautiful. You're writing a masterpiece. You're composing the glory of your praises. Come on, somebody. Oh, you're, you're praying prayers at night that nobody knows. But God is saying, just keep holding on, brothers and sisters. Keep holding on. God's going to make a way. God's going to open the door. Come on, that's it. 
Come on. That's why when people are praising God, you don't know what they're going through. You ought to lift their hand and say, come on, I'll praise with you, brother and sister. I'll worship with you. You don't know the trial that they're facing right now. <laughs> 